you're tuned in to the Neo Academy podcast. My name's Mark, and welcome to another episode of Neo Chats, deep dive conversations into the culture of education. Trust technology. Technology says we're live, so we're live. Uh, good morning, <laughs> Alejandra Otero, joining us from uh, Portugal. Are you today? or? Indeed, yes. Hey, yeah. Mark. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too. Uh, quite a, a, a kind of neo-insider chat today, isn't it? Um, but it, I thought it would be a good opportunity to catch up because of, was it last week? It feels like a million years ago now. Um, last week, the week before, we were in Milan oh, yeah. um, working with a, an amazing um, partner of Neo, a client of Neo, um, and I was in the sort of passenger seat, uh, you know, observing you delivering training to marketing and admissions uh, professionals inside a higher education institution and I thought it was just really something different to what I'd ever seen before and it would be a good sort of um, idea to catch up and talk about you know share experiences about training sort of professional training that we've all you know we've all experienced all types of stuff um, and just and then kind of go towards what your approaches are and what Neo's approaches are to 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 professional training because it is definitely it's definitely something different, um, you know, which I which I really enjoy in a good way in a good way. Which I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put that first. So um, I just wanted to, to to ask you. I mean, let let's think back. I mean, you know, both of us about um, our own experiences of professional training. So not not like university and college, but in you know working for an employer and when they say there's a training session what kind of experiences have you had what's your sort of background in this hmm good question wow I think that's very diverse depending on the speaker and the topic I would say but more than that because those are the, the traditional two things more than that it also depends on what's happening in the setting where you are actually doing the training. So what's the company culture like? What's the institution culture like? And who is attending that training also is very important because if the top management and uh, the rest of the employees are also attending it, not necessarily everyone would be willing to share some insights or not. So depending on the, the, the different settings, people attending, the, um, the speaker, uh, the place as well, I've had very, very different experiences, some very positive, some very strange, and some very <laughs> boring. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's, it's different depending on, on, on those very different factors. So let, let's get some examples. I mean, obviously not naming names, but um, in terms of the, the you know, the, the categories you mentioned there, the really positive ones, the really boring ones, and the really weird ones, which I'm super interested to hear about as well, because I've, I've definitely experienced all of those things as well. Um, and some somewhere you come out of and you're like, was that, was that for us? Yep. It's like it, they just kind of took it off the shelf and just kind of delivered it and, the, you know, that that weird feeling that you're like you don't feel like they really got you at all or got what you were or the reality of your um you know your situation and there are other sessions aren't there where you're like um honestly you could have sent me these powerpoint slides That's you it. know i can't believe you've come in to read slides to me i can't believe that you know um so what what have your experiences been like in those categories let's let's start with the um the really good ones and then the really boring ones and then the kind of weird ones. What what makes them like that? <laughs> okay, so I think I can actually put some names here uh, on the very positive ones, not on okay, the other okay. <laughs> okay. um, right. So I remember a fantastic training uh, that I attended that was delivered by Mark Hamana, who was actually hmm. uh, someone who participated in a Neo Chats uh, with us some time ago, yeah. it was just fantastic because of the focus and because of Mark very clearly. And why, why am I saying this? Because on the one hand, the focus was a lot about the person and not about the professional setup. Yes, we're there to improve the professional aspect of things, but the main focus should be on the people. 
And so that was amazing as a workshop. We did very funny things like holding a stick, many people holding a stick and it had to be able to balance with some people being a little bit uh, taller, others shorter, and yet it had to be the same. So a lot of collaboration exercises, um, focusing on you putting an adjective on someone, uh, but everything is anonymous and it's about the person. And all of that was driven in a very safe space, I would say, that was created mm -hmm. by, in that case, uh, Mark as a, as a, um, a trainer. And that kind of, of trainings I really, really enjoy because they are on the very personal level, which is the core. If we're not our personal selves, then what is it that we're doing? Yes, we're there to work, but who is the person working? And, and that's the, the very important thing. So that was a very yeah. positive experience, I would, I would say. Um, um, before you move on, just quickly, what was the actual focus of that training? Um, what was the, the, the objective? Yeah, so the objective, it was actually uh, team building, okay? Right. So mm -hmm. collaboration between departments that usually don't work necessarily on a daily basis together, and yet on people who work together, but maybe they don't know themselves in different angles outside from the traditional daily collaboration. And, and it was really, really uh, interesting for me to see how admissions, communications, marketing, uh, academics, and administration departments come together in a training where no one knows what to expect. And we get there and we talk about like very personal stuff and it's all fine and it's actually even better in some cases or at least it sets the tone to then focus on the professional side right yeah that's i think this is the important thing is that um when trainers come in and they try to train i think of it as that they're training the roles and not the people they're training the job descriptions and the structures yes. but not the people who make that up so yes. if you've got a bunch of departments who aren't working well together and you come in and you start talking immediately about well, um, here's the organizational objectives. Uh, you know, we've all got to pull together here. Let's look at communication channels. Let's look at distribution of work. Let's look at demarcation of responsibilities and workflows and stuff like that. You're totally missing the, the reason why this is happening. Like people know how to do this. People know how to work together, but you have to really acknowledge that there's an issue. You have to understand why there's an issue. And you've got to start to empathize with others and kind of figure out why there's that sort of divide. And if you can if you can address that, then the rest of it, it, it almost naturally falls into place. I think people, you know, we've got to trust that people are in the, 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 these jobs because they actually know um, how to do these things often as well. But instead, we we think the problem is they don't know how to do the processes rather than thinking about the person and what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Um, and that I've been in that situation many times and you think, yeah, we're, we're just going at the surface here. You know, so it sounds like Mark. And I remember talking to Mark and he's such a, he's such a human Mark, you know, um, I could imagine that, that he, he, he's very empathetic. It just makes all the difference, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. So that's why for me, the trainer is also a very important component, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, again, a positive experience. <laughs> and how about the boring ones then? Okay, let's what go. What kind of things are people doing? <laughs> yeah, the, the boring ones um, is the, in, in my perspective, okay, this is something very, very personal, is the mm -hmm. ones where we don't know why we're there, okay? And we're just <laughs> sitting in a room with a trainer or even someone internally who has taken the role of doing the the training not even inviting a, a, um, an external person and it just all seems so disconnected the person is talking about me 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 myself and i uh, and it's completely like that same speech could be done for the company for the, the this institution but it can be absolutely replicated to any other institution and it would feel the exact same because it's yeah. just something that is completely canned and that 
has nothing to do with the personal situation of the people, with the very specific um, uh, advancements of the institution, and therefore it just feels totally fake. So you're just sitting there and telling yourself, okay, how long is it that I have? Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> yeah. more hours. let's do this, we can do this. And waste of time, but more than a waste of time, it's actually dragging energy from you. Mm -hmm. so you are there instead of creating something together, you're there giving your energy to someone who, I'm sorry, but does not deserve your energy in that particular uh, case. And you get out more drained than what you actually got uh, into. And you don't take, you don't have any key takeaways where you say, oh, I've learned this amazing things today. This training was super helpful. And that kind of training, in my opinion, is very disconnected. It's very descendant, very hierarchical. Is I tell you this, yeah. no practical application. The kinds of, uh, the ones that read the PowerPoint, as, as you were saying, that training seems to me extremely alienated. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm not connecting with the person at any, nor personal, nor professional. Yeah, I've definitely been there. And I find that one of the hallmarks of that type of training is the one of the signals is the the way that they um, what kind of motivation are they trying to um, to build? It's not the internal motivation of, you know, trying to help you feel connected to your purpose within the organization, trying to help you feel empowered. And, you know, the type of motivation that makes you end the training session where you you, you have more energy than you went in with. Like Correct. you might be kind of physically tired, or, you know, you've been sitting in the seat and stuff, but mentally, spiritually, you're, you're like, yes, I want to, I can't wait to get into this. That's how you should feel. Um, instead, you've got the, the poor kind of second cousin of internal motivation, which is external motivation. And they're saying things like, you need to know this because we have to improve performance. Um, you know, if we don't do this, you know, a threat, uh, competitors will do X and Y you know, this external stuff that doesn't connect with your internal motivation at all. And when you start to get those signals from, and this is in education too, you know, anybody in, in, in sort of training facilitation, I think they've lost you. They've really lost you. If that's the arguments, it's like, you know, being back in school when they're like, you need to know this because it's in the exam. It's the same thing. And it's just like, I'm sorry, that is not, that's not good enough for totally. me to be here, you know? Couldn't agree yeah. more. Absolutely. How about the weird ones? Okay, so the weird ones. <laughs> I have one very recent example, and, and I think we can be open about it. It sounded weird from some point, but luckily I think the, the outcome was extremely, extremely positive. Uh, but at the very beginning, I didn't even know what to expect. So the story is, the, the back, back story is, uh, we went to, to Milan, right? Uh, and before going to, to Milan together, I said, okay, I'm going to do a workshop, a, a training workshop for a client of ours, but I also want to spend some time with the team and do internal trainings for the team. And the last time we met six months ago with, with the team, uh, everyone said, okay, what if we bring an external person to do some training to us and i was thinking mm -hmm. for a while okay what kind of of training uh, or external uh, training should we bring in this occasion and don't ask me how or why mark but i had this conversation <laughs> with someone an external person and she told me okay i can do something for you i can come to milan um but i suggest doing something completely different and I'm like okay yeah let's do it what is it and the moment she told me the topic i was like yeah great and i didn't even know what to expect because the topic was fear and that's not the kind of topic you discuss in a training so it felt weird to me and you're i, I was in my head like okay if we want to talk about fear this is very personal can we do mm -hmm. this uh, with the team Luckily enough, I think, uh, Neo, we have such a fantastic team that everyone was super keen on exploring this. But it it's a topic that can be very uncomfortable. And that's why I say yeah. it was weird, because we're talking about very personal stuff that then unveil the, the true person in us 
forget about mask or anything on. It's vulnerability 100%. And it can feel extremely weird. But, but yeah. the outcome of this kind of workshop, for me personally, after having cried together and exposed all our fears and hugged each other 700 times, we are such a solid team and the experience yeah. after or before, during and after the, the training, as weird as it could sound, it was just fantastic. But even me from the beginning, when I heard like the, the, the content, it, it's going to be a workshop on fear. I said, okay, yeah. I'm going to bring my team building, to, like a, a team building with my new team to talk about fear. This feels weird. And yet we want this kind of very deep conversations uh, for a meaningful uh, encounter. And that's an example I can think of as of now for the weird, but very positive weird. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, um, so there, there, there might be people listening to this who work in, you know, in, in our sector, in education, in marketing, admissions, recruitment, things like that. And of course, with the training there, you would think about, okay, um, hierarchies and automation of CRMs and blah, 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 blah. Um, the interesting thing I think about like our team is that um, I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, everyone's lifelong learners, right? Everyone is like super keen to like, okay, I've got a knowledge gap. Um, how do I plug it? And we're more than happy to sit and work with one other person or work ourselves and, and figure that out and, and develop that and then develop it through experience with support at your side, you know? So using a training session for that does not seem like the best use of, for, for me, like, you know, time is so precious, so precious. Um, so many organizations have been in that they have meeting after meeting after meeting without thinking that you're not, you're not spending an hour. There are 10 people in that meeting. That's 10 hours of time. <laughs> and, and you come out of it and you're like, for what, you know, really for what? Um, I, I just, you know, I, I really, I, I, I'm very, uh, when, if I have a meeting, it's got to be really, really kind of worth it, you know? So I think that the use of time here in this case was so well used. And I wouldn't say, you, you said we were kind of keen to do it. I think that um, I felt like, we're all sitting there, you know, pens and paper ready yeah. with that mindset of like, this is a training session. We're going to, you know, interact, I'm sure, but essentially we're passengers. Essentially we are, you know, there's a part of us kind of that remains behind and we're just kind of interacting on this level. None of us, I think, expected that at all. And I'd like, you know, one thing I, I, I've been thinking about a lot is um, you mentioned that it worked as well because, you know, we are, um, you know, a close team already, but but let's think about the fact that there were two new team members that had never been once in a full team meeting. This was their first meeting. Yeah, and we were and all yet, <laughs> Exactly. So there's something else. It's not just, and I think that's an important point, is for organizations thinking about, like, could I have this kind of very person-centered training about about what makes us connect to ourselves and to other people. Can we do that? Or do we have to kind of build that, um, you know, that safe space first? And it's like, yes and no. Um, if people feel good with the people around them, even if they, you know, they've never done something like that before, I think we just proved that it can work. And it's just about um, feeling like, um, feeling like you're all on a level playing field. I think, and I think that's where the external person comes in. And like you say, the hierarchical thing really kind of has problems for training. You know, if people don't want to reveal, they don't want to speak their truth uh, as well. You know, there's all kinds of weird things going on. But in there, it felt like a very level playing field. Uh, and especially, and the best thing was, Alejandro, that you went first, you know, uh, and you set the tone. Because I think if someone else had gone first and they'd been a little more mechanical with it, it, it wouldn't have worked. But I think, and and I guess you consciously went first to be like, I'm going to set the tone here. I'm going to try to like dig deep and just give everything. And then, you know, the, the rest of us going into it are like, well, well, we can't be half-assed about it now. You know, we've just heard this. So we've got to, to give everything. And we did. And not a single person in the team, I think, would ever have any regrets about that. Because like you say, um, we're now absolutely solid more so than ever before. 
and connected in a different way that you that is so important but so hard to build in a remote team so you know i'd like to see more trainings like focused on this side you know why why is it that we think that the workspace has to be about you know the more mechanical systematic structural procedural stuff when really this was the most impactful training i've ever had inside a, a team so how do you account for that you know so i mean what, what would you say about in terms of training taking it back to i mean because you know i don't think neo academy is kind of saying oh we're, we're, we're going out there and we're doing this kind of stuff with all our clients and things like that no. um, but in terms of training what what do you think that putting all this together that you've learned about what what makes training work and thinking about the workflow about the way that you select a, a focus the way that you plan and prepare for it the way that you um, help prepare the participants for it and then the actual delivery and the follow-up so what do you think you know going walk, go, walking through the workflow what are the sort of best practices that you think you've arrived at through your experiences on both sides of delivery yeah <clears throat> So first of all, Mark, I don't think this kind of training is feasible with every single institution mm. because of many reasons. Uh, it can go very, very if we don't have a safe space, as we talked about it before. So I wouldn't focus on making people very vulnerable if they are not able to be uh, respected and if they are not going to fall after that, basically just for internal purposes. So there's several clients that come to us and the first thing they say, okay, let's do a training on KPIs. Let's do a training on student journey. Let's do a training on CRM. Big yes to that. Absolutely. And that's our core. We're not psychologists. It's our core is not the the, the the person itself it's not the the mind the brain that's not what we do as a core our expertise is the education marketing um sector however in order to unveil the best possible strategies the best possible scenarios for this examples as the customer journeys buyer personas and this kind of a very very um, specific information related to what we are expecting for student recruitment purposes, we need to set the tone of what is it that we are doing here, the why, what makes us happy, what makes us grow, why is it that we're showing up for work every single day, what is it that my colleagues thinks, think of me, what is it that I feel like my colleagues uh, can help me with what can I improve? What can what what are they not telling me because they are fearing to hurt me? What is it that I don't know yet and I think I know and yet I don't? And this very mm -hmm. uh, this elements that that it's the the taboo, right? We don't talk about that much, and yet. If we don't bring those people together as an external and really allow that space, it's very complicated to talk afterwards about the, the training related to bio personas. Yeah. Because if we talk about the bio personas, 100%, that's always going to be our core uh, uh, at, at, at NEO, the education marketing part. But to talk about that, we really, really, really need people to be able to express themselves, to remove the masks the mask sorry to really mm -hmm. say what they think and to not be afraid of sharing their experiences and one very interesting exercise is okay we're gonna create the sales funnel or replicate the sales funnel and we have a lot of people in the room they have been doing this for many times they work in admissions they know their sales funnel from up yeah. down and yet you ask you, you ask the and the team to draw separately the sales funnel and you would see that each sales funnel is different in a certain way yeah that surprised me a lot actually absolutely totally different absolutely but not yeah. only in 
what happens, what email is sent when, what are the, the different stages. That, that stays the same, but what is different is the way people draw it. And some draw it vertically, some other drawing horizontally, some drawing in a circular uh, face. Some people go much more in detail on content. Some other yeah. go more in detail on the student experience. Some stop at the moment the student pays. Some other stop at the moment the student becomes an alumni. So there's many, many different elements to take into account here that are, of course, the focus. But before getting there, we do need everyone to be able to speak out and say, OK, this is what I believe is the case today but maybe i would suggest that we add this or i think we're missing that because i've heard from the student this or that and for them to be able to have the best possible experience in that core training we first at least from our end and neo we suggest focusing on the um soft skills and then going with the hard skills yeah and i'd like to, to sort of add here that my observation of this it was that it, it it's it might sound to people that you know because we discussed our experiences as as a team of training you know just to make clear that that experience is not was not what was delivered you know like you say not every it's not you're not bringing that same thing to every people on that level there's no. different focuses for different um clients and what i saw was it was skillfully delivered um because it felt it felt very safe and it felt like the team were were super up for just exploring it and it was very non-threatening you know and it was very you could feel people kind of bonding a bit more it's just it's just as simple as reminding ourselves and each other that we're all here you know for a reason and we want to get the best out of each other and we want to get the best out of ourselves and we want to enjoy our time there you know um, we want to feel like we're connected and we want to feel like we're doing something that matters. And it can just be as simple as exploring a way to remind ourselves and each other of that so that we're suddenly, we feel like we're on a shared journey together. Okay. There, you know, you, like you say, you drop the mask, um, and you talk about how you feel about stuff, you know, and it's not, it's not like, um, a very threatening exposed kind of you know psychotherapy sessions absolutely not that at all felt very safe and the important thing is that if the trainer you in this case is skillful enough it's just led by them and they dictate where the boundaries are and they dictate where they feel comfortable going and right. nobody feels pushed or anything like that so it felt totally comfortable i'm very very as a, as a teacher myself i am so hyper aware of tension and uncomfortable situations and I feel it physically where I'm like oh my god I can't wait to get out of this room because that felt awkward and you know that that's that's me so I'm very aware of that and I never felt like that once so it felt very smooth and comfortable and like you say when you go into the next bit people are more they depersonalize stuff you know so they're not like feeling un embarrassed about the way that they've represented the customer journey or the sales funnel you know they're like it's okay because we're all the same we're all just trying to work this out together so they're quite happy to stick it up on the wall and have a laugh about forgetting something totally important you know and you know a chuckle about how, how different everything is and it feels depersonalized and that's where you can make progress exactly. when people are not like they don't have a wall up and they're like crafting rhetoric around you know like a mask you know and, and using the salesy words and and you know being the role rather than the person in the training you just don't make progress because everyone all you're doing is it just reinforces that same self-concept and you make no progress because people are just going to do exactly what they did before um but it felt like there was real progress in that room because you got that human approach first which is I think that there must be more of that. There must be more of that in professional training. Yeah, I, I really hope as well that uh, many, many institutions realize that and that, yes, if we want to focus on uh, very specific marketing related trainings or student recruitment related trainings, that's absolutely fine. And that's that's 
already ideal and hopefully it happens in many occasions throughout the year but it cannot only be about numbers about metrics but because people come first and that's again i have my theory but this is me and 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 i think i've, I've said it out loud many times is the teams i manage i'm sorry but the one-to-one -one meetings i have with them are not about Ah, uh, how many students you have now? Uh, which percentage are you for your target? Not at all. It's about how are you doing? How is your family? Uh, how is it that I can help you? Is there anything that you're going through that I should be aware of? And of course, it requires a lot of confidence from the person and a lot of trust on both ways. But at the same time, as soon as you reach that level, if people are happy, they're going to perform or even outperform, but you need yeah. to first focus on the person for them afterwards to be able to be successful in, in what they do. If they're not happy, forget about those KPIs. You're not going to reach them. Totally. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's completely it. You know, it's that hire well, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, but but nurture the person, you know, yep. I mean, the, the whole the whole thing of micromanagement is just a soul killer. You know, and it's amazing there are people still doing that that, that haven't figured that out yet, um, especially in an age where, you know, people have so many more options. Like they're starting to realize like with the, you know, digital sphere, they can work from here and there. Um, they get some language skills. They do some networking on social networks and suddenly they've got all kinds of career opportunities opening up. And, you know, um, retention is a major issue. And why? Because you're not you're not building relationships and you're not helping the person feel um self-actualized you know in the space they're coming to every day and as soon as they start thinking why am i giving my valuable time to this um they're done and you will never get the best from them and it's definitely not about i mean there, there's an altruism here as well you know we want to we want to be interested in the person because we actually care not because just because you get like oh you get the best results people are happier when they're performing well Yes. It, so it's not it's not a manipulative thing. It's like everybody wants to be the best version of themselves. It's as Sorry. simple as that, right? Yeah. Um, one thing, just to to kind of um, round things off a little bit, like the aside from the human centered stuff. I mean, I noticed certain things, like certain topics. You know, were really working in in that room as well. And I was thinking about things like. Um, for a team which works kind of you know in their in their team and in their sort of i don't want to say bubble but you know i mean it's like it's you're very like focused on what you're doing one thing i noticed that was really helpful to them was um when you started talking about hey in in other institutions they do it like this or you know 10 percent of institutions focus on this and 20 percent on that and you know just getting people to think outside their their niche and their their team and their dynamic seemed yeah. to be really helpful as well what, what other stuff are you finding that, you know, whether it's topics or approaches that are really like um, useful for modern progressive, um, you know, dynamic marketing and recruitment and admissions teams that want to take things to the next level? What kind of stuff do you think do you think should be in there or that you would propose to institutions? OK, so from the top of my mind, I can think of um, three things very quickly. Um, one is that yes your your team is already well versed in let's say product training fantastic mm -hmm. but that same team is only working within your institution and is very much focused on what your institution is doing and only gets access for the lucky ones to the outside world whenever they talk to agents or to other uh, universities or when they go to conferences but not the full team usually does that so having an external team member coming and saying hey uh, this happened at that uh, conference and fyi we're doing things really well because only 11 percent of institutions are calling the leads for example at this stage and we're doing so so amazing guys congrats this kind of, of framework mapping from uh, things that are happening outside of the bubble, as, as you said, is certainly something to, to keep in mind. And if the full team does not have access to this touch point with other uh, with, with the outside world, let's call it, 
at least if I'm the manager uh, of that team, I should bring back um, those insights from whatever I see to the team, or I should bring people, external people, to present that to the team and reassure them and mm -hmm. do this, this, mm, these check-ins very often to say, hey, this is what we did. This is where we are. This is where we want to go. Look how we went from this point to this point in this long. This is only something that I, I suggest. So that's one thing that comes to, to my mind. Um, number two, which I would love to see more and more, and yet it's still very early stages, mentoring. So mm -hmm. many people as knowledgeable as they can be on the hard skills part, I would really strongly suggest that all of us go through some mentoring with a mentor that can be from the same industry, that can be from another industry. You can decide whether it's more of a professional mentoring, more of a personal mentoring, but having someone who puts a little, um, let's say, framework for you and helps you grow, but also helps you being accountable for your growth and measure that growth. So mm -hmm. they put some targets together, but not targets as of, ah, oh, I need to do this or I'm, I'm fired. It's a target with myself and it's a target for myself. So it's something very interesting in, in my case, um, which I, I've been seeing it through the AIE, for example, um, uh, a mentor for the AIE and the exchanges I've had lately uh, on, the, on the mentorship side, they are so, so useful, not only for the mentee, I hope, but also for the mentor, which is yeah. extremely, extremely positive on both sides. And you have that common connection, call it bi-weekly, once a month, whatever kind of time frame you want to, to dedicate to that and whatever frequency, but having someone who can relate to what you are uh, doing and who can bring suggestions, who can only be there to talk, to listen to you, to ask those uncomfortable questions, to, to say, hey, I'm feeling this way. Have you ever felt this way? Or I'm willing to try this. Does this sound totally off for you? And this kind of check-ins with someone who's not within your institution necessarily, that's super, super interesting in mm -hmm. my case, I would say. And the third one uh, I, I can think of is really a training plan for internal growth, hopefully, where we sometimes, we, we need to, to put ourselves in, in, in two roles. I always try to, to, to sit on, on both seats. The seat of the manager been training the team for a while and okay i have now a very well-versed team they know what they do amazing i'm gonna achieve so many great results with this fantastic team great now sit on the other side and you have the team who has doing the same job for a little while and they also want some progress or some change there's a mismatch there what so what can i do as a manager can I just be extremely, uh, yeah, focused on what I want, which is my targets, and I have that team who can achieve them for sure? Or can I be a little superior to that and say, you know what, my personal goal is that my team members grow uh, personally and professionally. And if that means that I need to lose one of them so that they can go to another internal position because they have already just and develop those skills and, and I can only be happy for their success, I think I'm contributing way more to them and to the institution. And then it's also my role to hire someone else to um, be able to provide that person that training and also contribute to that person's growth. So I think it's all part of this circular model. And instead of focusing on, oh, okay, I have already this team, I'm going to stick to it. Uh, they're going to stay in the same role for a while because now they're trained. That's very off now, I would say. And hopefully many more uh, managers and many more head of departments can start 
focusing from a very early stage uh, on what is it that that person wants to do. One, one conversation I always have when I hire someone, and it can sound extremely weird, but at the very beginning, first week in is, okay, where do you see yourself in this long? And it can sound weird because they just started in a position and it's very complicated, but then let's do another check-in in six months and see where you are. And another check-in in one month, in, in one year, sorry, and see how have we progressed? Are you still looking for the same? Is this pushing you enough? Is this challenging enough? Is this comfortable enough? And have the right balance between uh, all of those um, elements. So my suggestion here would be also to have a training plan, but that training plan based on serving the person and not serving only the department. Yeah, and, and that sounds to me like something that um, not every not every culture is going to go for, are they? I mean, because it requires the people who are in leadership positions to be willing to be open a bit and to say, you know, and that is often difficult. I mean, well, I would say managers. I mean, leaders, I use that word very consciously. If you're in a leadership role, then you you should be open to this. Um, yep. But in, in management roles, it, it can be difficult. And it's almost um, when somebody comes in and you, you, you see that there's some sort of shift that needs to happen, um, there are people that might take that as a failing of them personally, you know, and take it defensively and simply not open to it. And unfortunately, that is the case. And But I think that more and more people are, are open to it. You know, the, things are shift changing generally, generationally. People don't seem to be as as concerned with um, like this idea of kind of promotion and title, but it's more about growth and learning. And of course, you've got to be, you know, fairly paid for the work you do and all that kind of stuff. But but it seems to be that, you know, people are they want different things now. You know, um, they want they want variety. They want to learn. They want to feel challenged. Um, and so a manager thinking that it's it's about kind of climbing a ladder or something like that and results and you know all this kind of stuff it's completely out of sync but you'll never know that unless you get these people in the room and you create that space and you say what is it you want where do you see yourself where where you know what's working for you um so yeah so i guess then you'd have to have pretty extensive conversations with the people contracting the training first to say you know are you open to this? Because you don't want Absolutely. to just come in and read PowerPoints at people, right? So, no, 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 certainly not. And and as a matter of fact, a very important conversation from our end as we go and do those trainings to some of our clients is to discuss with the top management this these elements like what is the kind of culture mm -hmm. you have internally? Am I as a trainer able to really dig deeper on what is it that the person wants and is this going to be fulfilled afterwards? Because if I come as a trainer yeah. and, and have this conversation with the person and then internally nothing changes, then that's going to translate into frustration. So many, many different points here from our angle, which is okay. And, and we're very flexible on that. We are absolutely aware that not every institution actually has the same focus. So we go with some institutions with only the scope they want, which is in some cases fully transactional on i need a training on crm it's going to be a technical training and that's it no no uh soft skills part absolutely no problem we do that on the other hand we have some who say oh soft skills interesting let's see what that is and they are mostly curious so we start with the soft skills part and then the hard skills on a, a different workshop and then we have others who say hey let's do this fully and usually with those, we it's not a one-time thing, but mostly something yeah. that you do on several uh, like like episodes. Um, and that's when we start to really get to know the team and to be able to support the growth, whether on the sales side, on the marketing side, on the leadership side. Those three elements of trainings we do, but we need to know also what is it that the institution wants and the institution can enable so that we come in to support and not to create any friction. Right, that that sounds really important. Like don't open the door, you know, to something if you can't walk through it. And I think that's something that really kills 
a team, doesn't it? When you when you dangle this idea of professional and personal growth. Yep. Expectation it, It's so critical, my goodness. And I've seen it as well. I've been in situations where you've heard managers saying, you know, these these the, having these conversations, um, where do you see yourself? Um, what can I do for you? How, what do you need from me? Um, and and you 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 open yourself to that and you 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 invest in it emotionally and you say, right, this is this is what I think and this is what I feel, and there's nothing behind it. You know, and when that happens and you realize and you realize you're gone, you've lost trust, you've lost faith yep. completely. So yeah, I think that's really good to have those conversations and be like, if it's gonna be transactional, let's make it, you know, like you're gonna take care of your team and stuff. You want us to come in and talk about lead scoring or whatever, like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's fine. But yeah, ex expectation management seems really critical. Yeah. No, I, I I get that, and I think it's um it's really good to hear that training is managed in such a, a careful way, you know, so that you get the most out of people and the expectations are are really clear, rather than just here's my off the shelf training, mm. you know, choose from the list. What do you want? Bang, we come in and read our powerpoints to you and disappear off into the sunset. Um, that that seems to me almost an abuse of the position of responsibility you have as a trainer, you know, that you're asking people to invest their time in you. Um, yep. I, I don't think that should be, it's unfortunately still common, isn't it? But... No, totally, totally. And and one thing I do want to comment on, uh, Mark, on, on this topic is sometimes training or the kind of training were requested it's not even only for staff members but also for students and that kind of training actually comes sometimes in the form of giving a, a class a, a workshop giving a guest lecture and it's something that instigate maybe uh, a little sparkle on the student side but also on the admins who are requesting this kind of trainings for the students and then get to see the comments from the students saying, hey, this is a little different from the traditional uh, teacher coming in, right? And so yeah. in some cases, we've seen me delivering a very different kind of guest lectures or, um, or, or courses, and then the management reaching out saying, uh, we got some feedback. Is there any chance we can do something similar for the staff? And that makes total sense because mm -hmm. in some cases they might be a bit scared to um, to apply any of those internally, or it might not be the typical uh, journey they go through with internal training of, of staff members, but teacher uh, training or uh, or teaching to students is something much more common. So in those cases, that's also something that, that we do. And for me, the sole focus in all of that is knowledge transfer. And that's my purpose. That's what drives me. That's my goal is whatever, as little, as big as, uh, as it can be, whatever I can transfer to the audience I have in front of me, that's what really, really motivates me because we need to have a positive impact for the upcoming generation. We need to be able to share whatever we know to better grow as a community. And that's why going to conferences, doing these talks in very different formats, call it inside a team, call it in the classroom with the students, call it for teachers, call it at a conference center in a, in a session. That is really all tied together as training in a certain extent, it all ties back to the sole focus that really, really drives my uh, purpose, which is knowledge transfer. Yeah. Well, I think that's really clear. And hopefully it's clear to um, to folks listening that are maybe, you, you know, I, I, there might well be people out there that are, they've they've had that experience that we talked about earlier about professional training. They have it in in a certain box in their mind that it is transactional and that it, it it's about filling like a gap in knowledge and it doesn't touch anything else. And yep. yet, 
you know, are, are maybe sometimes have these experiences like, well, it didn't really change very much. And it's like maybe listening to this conversation, maybe reflecting a little bit on, okay, so why? Maybe because it didn't address some of these things around it. And hopefully being open to actually considering it because, you know, um, I can certainly attest that um, I think a lot of people are looking for something more. You know, they're, yeah. they're looking for this this sort of stuff. They don't want to just sit in a chair and have information thrown at them. It's the same as as our beliefs as a team around education. You know, it's it's about being harmonious with that sense of purpose, you know, we, delivering that to clients and partners as well, you know. You can't talk about um, your values as a team and your sense of purpose as a team and then go in and do something totally at odds with that Please. for others. It has to be consistent, right? So hopefully that's that's something that's coming across and they know that if they're looking for that kind of experience where it's a transformative training session and not a transactional, which is a really important distinction, that they know that that's out there and that doesn't have to be the the suit reading the powerpoint and boring everyone to tears and yeah we've all been there and i think we've had enough <laughs> of that right so yeah <laughs> so but thank you for it. for sharing yeah. that transformative rather than transactional absolutely yeah. be yeah. yes to yeah. that yeah, yeah. Yep. we need to leave a session changed even if it's in a small way we need to be changed it's about growth in all things right um you know even if it's just an idea or even if it's just understanding my colleagues a little better even if it's just saying there's a person behind that role. So maybe before I send that email, I think about how they feel. And I realize we're all actually aiming in the same direction. And it's not these kind of little tribal fiefdoms of marketing, admissions, academics, you know, all the stuff that goes on. Whatever's happening, you know, I, th I think it should be about you walk out of that room a little different than you walked in. You know, however that is. I think if you can get there, then you're you're doing a good job, right? You know. Yes, yes, big yes. That's that's what yeah. we all hope for, and yeah, I, I hope that many more institutions actually open the door to this. Let's hope so, Abe. Let's hope so because it's for the better. In the end, it serves everybody. It serves the people that they serve, and that's yeah. what it's all about, right? That's why we're doing this. You know, it yeah. makes a better institution, which is better for the learners who are coming through. It's a better experience for them, and it's all about them in the end. So. Thank you for sharing all of that, Alejandra. It's been really interesting. Um, Thank you, Mark, for, for opening this space for me today. <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure. And I'll let you get back to sunny Portugal and I'll get back to grey, grey Scotland. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I can't complain about that indeed. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't. You get no sympathy if you do, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have a Thank lovely you. day, Alejandra. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Ciao. You too. Bye-bye.